I'm Isabel, she, her, hers. And I'm David, he, him, his. And we're two therapists with ADHD who sit down to have some chats about ADHD. We can't promise we'll stay on topic or be professional or even remotely mature, but we can promise that you'll end up looking at you or your loved one's beautiful neurodivergent brain in a shiny new way. This is not a therapy session. This is something shiny. I love it. Do you like uh, it? That's amazing. And can this just be the intro? You saying that and me freaking out about how amazing it is? Yeah. Did I, and you that dropping could, your voice? That could be, that could be our <laughs> first so intro. <laughs> so without further ado, welcome to Something Shiny. I'm David. <laughs> This is the third part of an amazing conversation we had with Sarah and Kaylee, uh, our fellow therapists, colleagues, and friends who are uh, also women who have ADHD. Uh, we're so grateful they could join us. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Kaylee. Um, and if you want more of this, go back and listen to the first parts. Without further ado, here's part three. Like, I don't know how to start a conversation, like, with my peers around PMDD. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't happen. I can't, right? Like, I can't be like, oh, man, guys, like, how do you talk to your, like, female partners about, like, what goes on with their menstrual cycles? Because if they have ADHD, they might have a more complex menstrual cycle and, like, that there's Medicaid. Like, they're going to look at me like I'm insane. Like, I cannot begin to have these conversations. And, like, there's a vacuum. Like, they're not being had. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, how do, how do we like, and Kaylee, I just saw, I saw the lean in yes, and like, yes. you might not have anything, <laughs> yes, like, please what, do. Like, what, please. where were you going to go with that? Because like, what was like, yeah. Like, how do we start that kind of conversation? How do we normalize this? It blows. I get really passionate about this. It blows my mind how there isn't more of a conversation surrounding ADHD and hormones and how hormones impact uh, your ADHD symptoms. And so a lot of people don't know that um, estrogen and dopamine are connected. And so, and so estrogen, um, basically during ovulation, when estrogen is the highest, a lot of women report that they don't have brain fog. They can have a lot better focus. Hyperactivity is reduced. But then in the luteal phase of your period, so that's just the two weeks before your period, estrogen dramatically drops and then progesterone rises. And basically what happens is estrogen is, is connected to dopamine. Sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. Can we cut this? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 You're on fire. So take your time. Take your time. Seriously. Yeah. No worries. Um, you may be wondering why we didn't cut this part out. And again, I think it goes back to, uh, with of course, respecting Kaylee's wishes, but also recognizing that we're trying to unmask and show what we're all really about. And Kaylee is an incredible expert on these things. And just like all of us, she gets excited and it's amazing. And so wanted to keep it in here. It's just like a little shout out and nod to all of us in that moment where perhaps you feel like, oh, 
uh, I got really excited. I lost my train of thought or, oh my gosh, I can't stop. I'm so excited. I can't stop talking. Um, let's just like embrace it. Anyway, back to what Kaylee was saying. So, uh, what was I going to say? Okay. I got this. Estrogen is important, uh, in upregulating dopamine levels. And so what happens is when estrogen drops, since there's already a dopamine imbalance, that exacerbates uh, ADHD symptoms. And there have been a lot of studies that show that progesterone, when progesterone rises during the luteal phase of your period, that can actually inhibit medication effectiveness. And so <gasps> what? what's so, what's so <laughs> wild is that doctors don't talk about dose titration no. And there's actually, and there's so little research on it, but it would make sense if you look at the hormones, hormone levels over the menstrual cycle that you would titrate and <laughs> your medication and that you would take more right before your period and during your period. And what happens too is because of the uh, connection between dopamine and serotonin and the hormones, estrogen and progesterone, uh, it's much more likely for women with ADHD to have PMDD. And so, and what's so, it, it's just incredibly invalidating that this is never discussed. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Kaylee, I, I'm comfortable self-disclosing. So I have recently, I mean, as of like the last couple of years, been diagnosed with PMDD. Mm -hmm. Me too. Can you give uh a synopsis for our listeners who are like, yes, please. What is I'm this? so curious too. <laughs> Do I have this perhaps? <laughs> so I, I honestly, I have never met a woman who ha hasn't had some form of PMS. So, you know, like the normal mood swings right before your period, you, where you feel physically uncomfortable, brain fog. Everyone has that to a certain degree because, um, again, estrogen is dropping at that time of the month for everyone. And that's connected to dopamine, but it's exaggerated in women with ADHD. So it's PMS symptoms that are become clinically significant, but it's for mm. a, a short period of time. So the most validating thing that I ever did was I noticed that I've been lucky enough where I, my, my cycle has been pretty regular. So I've been able to pinpoint the day, but there is one day per month where I feel like I'm going to completely lose my mind. I just feel really, it, mm -hmm. it, it feels clinical. I feel really depressed, really off, really irritable. Mm. My best friend in high school could always pinpoint that day. And it, it like, I felt like a different person. And the most validating thing that ever happened was just getting a period tracker and being able to anticipate that day. Um, wow. So, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Oh, thank you. Yes, that's like a brilliant <laughs> description. I will say for, I mean, I'm just going to throw in another fun factoid, which again, like you, you go, in, let's say you are becoming a mother and you go into this like, I didn't learn any of this going into being a mom. Like, oops, my, I think my, 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 I love my OB and my gynecologist, but like, I don't know that anyone ever like hands you a pamphlet on like your period. Like all I remember learning about periods and mm -hmm. menstrual cycles, I've learned when I was in sixth grade and I learned in a half hour where one of the like room parents came in 
They separated the mm. girls and the boys and they they like took out a tampon and they took out a pad and they're like, okay, brace yourselves, you know, and it was just like, ah, you know. So point is, is um, I didn't realize that, well, first of all, there's a huge hormone change that happens when you're also pregnant, right? So a lot of women have pregnancy brain is like the term or mommy brain postpartum after you have the baby. And that also can connect to the fact that like, depending, you know, if you're breastfeeding, like your body naturally, I think it's something like your body naturally suppresses estrogen while you're having, like your progesterone levels have to kind of shoot up in your body or something when you're pregnant. We'll put it in the show notes and I'll add an insert to clarify. I'm pretty sure they shoot up. Yeah. They shoot up. Right. So like, I think so. So according to the Cleveland Clinic, uh, check the show notes for full references. Um, yes, indeed. Progesterone levels rise during pregnancy. Uh, and rise throughout the actual pregnancy itself. So they kind of peak at the later uh, stages of pregnancy. But they also um, talk about how your estrogen does go up, um, but it is like uh, sort of what Kaylee was mentioning. It's like a dance between the two hormones and, um, you know, shifts and fluctuations within them are super normal and also um, matter greatly. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's like, uh, more of the same and also even more complex. That's going to impact like li- literally based on what you just said, the same thing is happening, except oops, you also fun fact can't take most stimulant meds. You can take certain SSRIs, but like they're, they're flat out like, Hey, no, this can actually help. You know, this is not safe for the baby and, and not in all trimesters and not for all humans. So I don't want to put that out there. Please talk to your doctors. But it's like, I just remember going into pregnancy. I mean, seriously, I do think that was part of how I was able to even eventually realize I had ADHD. It's like, I was just chugging along with my half-assed accommodations for years and years. And then I literally felt as if like my, like my, I would say, like, I would talk out loud and I'd be like, my brain is slow. Like, I can't think, I don't, ah, you know, missing words, my working memory, the things I'd forget. Like I'd walk out of the house without a shoe on. I'd have one shoe on and I'd be out of the house. I mean, side note, I'm like, I'm, I'm like teaching classes. I'm working it, you know, I'm like doing all those things, (laughs) but like, you know, point is, is it's also happening, right? And then I never realized that like after pregnancy, your periods when they return, which is also like a fun adventure, um, are just different. Like you are like, it's like almost like, oh, you are now 2.0. Or if you have more kids, you are now 3.0 or 4.0. Like legit, it's like a total body hormonal reboot. Seriously, like some women have never had, you know, there's crazy things where it's like, I never had eczema. Now I have eczema. I never had this. Now I have this. My thyroid is now does. Like your body will change so darn much, right? Mm -hmm. And postpartum, also is a time where people, you know, have hard times, like, right, like everyone talks about like the baby blues or like, you know, like, or postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety. Um, No one ever mentioned to me like, oh, your ADHD symptoms will be insanely exacerbated because now you're like sleep deprived, hormonally jacked up. <laughs> Yeah, your estrogen drops dramatically during that time too. So yeah, women with ADHD, 
Mm -hmm. are much more likely to have postpartum depression because of the drop in estrogen. So yeah, fun fact, everyone. And um, I didn't even realize what was happening was even cyclical because that's a fun thing too, is like your hormones will still fluctuate prior to your period returning. So like, it's just really fun, confusing stuff <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. And so if you have ever, if anyone listening is like, even remotely curious, like I really am just so hopeful that you're going to talk to your own, you know, medical guidance people about this. But like, I hope you know to maybe advocate for yourself because I don't know that this stuff is easily found sometimes. And I wanted to also just mention and, and validate the fact that a lot of women aren't diagnosed with ADHD until they hit menopause because that's another mm. time where there are a lot of hormonal fluctuations and there's a dramatic drop in estrogen. And so if you already have a dopamine imbalance that just, it's super exacerbated. So yeah, I talk, I talk to women all the time who realized that they, they had ADHD when, when they entered menopause and particularly the, the brain fog and the tiredness and the inattentiveness um but and then there's a there's that invalidation piece of oh i can't have adhd i'm just you know i'm just getting old and mm -hmm. so not the case so i just want to make sure that if you're a menopausal woman who's just gotten diagnosed and realized you have it uh there's there's so much support out there for you and yeah we yeah. see you yeah oh my gosh and and I, i'm sorry no david go for it i'm i'm so excited by this conversation i gotta like i am so enraged i'm sorry i am feeling enraged i'm feeling so enraged as someone who has had two children already and i feel very validated i'm like oh that explains so much but i'm also enraged on why is this information not more accessible like i didn't know any of this right um yeah i'm I'm just like the system. <laughs> but um <laughs> you would know is not more giving about us this. information about our bodies and that's so again I think without that information though you feel so much shame mm. of like there's something wrong with me versus there is an explanation for why this is happening. Um yeah. Sorry. I'm I'm still taking it in. I know. It it just it's I mean, ADHD wasn't even added to the DSM until 1960. And then I, there, I just, it's unbelievable when you look at the research, how little women are represented. Mm -hmm. And particularly with the, with hormones. And it's, it's so important for, to understand hormones and the connection to medication and how you metabolize the medication. Anyway, I'm also angry about it. Kay Kaylee, can I, well, can I throw in, um, it's also, I mean, and I have a cursory understanding that, of this, but I get like, this is like, whew, one of my, <laughs> I get really like that, like the history of the science of it kind of, not necessarily ADHD, but like medicine in general. Um, and my understanding is that the re part of the reason, not just because of course you'd norm everything on men, but a big reason why there's such a dearth of research and why like drug companies, everything is like first line of defense tested on men is because they know like legit, this is 
recorded. They're like, they know that the hormone changes we go through as women will impact this. And so that's mm. uh, just really complicated and we don't know enough about that. So and I'm not judging, you know, I, I'm, I'm not trying to like rewrite history. I just want to validate that it's like, it is a known factor that these things are part of the, also the reason why these things remain mysterious, if that makes sense. It's like, instead mm. of like leaning into the fact that, you know, like listening to your patients or listening to your clients, right? Like, I don't know, like I can just imagine if someone could hear with the lens of, oh, it's not just, cause I'm even thinking how people use the term, oh, you're hormonal. As oh, yeah. a, like as a way to minimize, dismiss, and also discount and pathologize, and de -pathologize you instead of realizing like, well, no, this is literally an embedded part of our natural. This is a, a just a biological thing <laughs> that is, is part of a when cycle. It's, yeah. And also it's, 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 it's so important to name too that like so many women, I'm thinking of women with PCOS, with women with autoimmune conditions, with thyroid conditions, like it is a serious business. You you can appear to have depression, anxiety. You can appear to just be in a funk. You can appear to just be a new mom who's stressed and tired. But like if no one is also asking you these important like medical questions, the consequences of these things getting missed are deadly in lots more cases than I I'm not trying to scare people. I'm just like like again, the context of this is not just like, "Oh, I guess I don't know. I could go my whole life without this." It's like no, if some of this is missed, there are real risks and, and consequences down the road. Does that make sense? I don't know. Totally. Yes, you do. And you're you're totally right. And and I think that this is that you, you alluded to it. And I want to make sure I'm just saying it again. We don't have better information for women because drug companies avoid using women to set standards because they're more complicated to study. Because they know that the hormones will change. That literally, I'm just trying to like that. That there's a there that that creates a significant um, hole in mm -hmm. in terms of how we talk to people, and I think that this isn't like, and this is a problem where I, I think that we could silo too far. And, and what I mean about this is, I think that like this is a moment where a lot of men need to listen and ask questions in a very different way, because there's a way to be supportive and understanding, and there's a way to be part of the problem and be part of the judgment. And embedded in everyone with ADHD, women, men, non-binary, anyone with ADHD, it's hard to know when to ask for help. It's hard to know that you can ask for help. And, and I think I'm just speaking to the fact that like so many people I know with ADHD will literally be like, oh, it's raining nails and I'm stepping on glass. Well, four more miles and they'll just go. Or they'll be like, well, I'll lay down here and take a nap because I don't want to walk on this. And like, we will accept some of the most intense hard conditions mm -hmm. and and be like well other people have done it so i better be able to do it too and it's like from from our conversations here it's like we're beginning to talk about agency in a different way you don't have agency if you're like what do you want you want a water water bottle or do you want a bottle of water it's like you just offer me the same thing with different words like there's no real choice there there's no agency in that mm -hmm. and so like how how do we have agency around helping women ask questions of medical professionals like how should i like with my hormones how what, what should i do with my medication does that impact my adhd medication do i need other, to see other... an endocrinologist mm -hmm. do i need to get a second opinion 
Um, I'm taking, and another thought too is, you know, people take a ton of, at least nowadays, and I know we've talked about this in other episodes, but there's also a number of supplements and things that are marketed and geared towards women um, that like, I mean, again, I can't stress enough just how much it's like, <laughs> we're just trying to calm you. <laughs> Like I'm thinking, yeah. right? You know what I'm talking about? There's like a yes. lot of like calming stuff for women <laughs> that's like marketed to women, like legit. And I, I can't stress enough just how much, you know, again, like some of these things are downright without some medical supervision and somebody who kind of like can get a second glance at this, you know, and I want to honor all forms of medical wisdom here. Like, I'm not just trying to say, oh, only Western medicine is going to have mm -hmm. these answers, right? Um, I want to name that, like, you know, there's lots of, you know, traditions and things um, that carry so much medical wisdom. But I do think that there is, oh, I feel like, oh, I could, we could talk about this forever. But there's a way in which um, a lot of the like you described, oh, we're walking on nails, we're walking paint, you know, like we can endure so much. I I mean, there's research to support this, right? Like women, we have a much higher pain threshold posited because we got to bear children. And I don't know if y'all know, but it's labor. <laughs> I mean, on top of all the labor no. we do. I know, no. right? It's real. <laughs> um, but Seriously. So we <laughs> We have a higher pain threshold, but like, I mean, and I know, I know I've had this conversation with like my girlfriends and sorry, David, if this is, you know, and again, so funny that I have, I think at some point I've been conditioned that anytime I talk about periods, like the guy is going to squirm. Or if I talk yes. about childbirth, if I talk about breasts and breastfeeding, like there's just going to be a squirmy feeling and, uh, you know, or, a oh, God, God forbid I say tampon, you know, kind of oh feeling. Gosh. So yeah. I'm just trying to honor that. I've noticed hey, it. Hey, I just learned that the progesterone gets speared on the cervix during pregnancy to like make it happen. I thought there was an injection. I love learning this stuff. <laughs> Throw it at me. Oh, hey. there is. Okay, amazing. There's a. Oh, there's so many things we can teach you, David. But I'm there so is a, glad you named that because I, I had this. Sorry to interrupt you. I had this moment where I was just like, "Oh my god, I'm talking about my period." Like, <laughs> like, like with my coworkers. We're supposed to be in the red tent. We're supposed to be. In the sequestered from the world and like you know but i do think there is you know i i know we talk about this in other conversations but like like for example like a lot of people in the um disabled or learning difference community right you learn from peers right peers are the ones who are going to teach you more right like mm -hmm. we mentioned the near peer mentors that Lederic was talking about um i think as women that's kind of like I mean, I learn more about my body from talking to like other moms, you know, but it's all here or, or other women, you know, I guarantee you. And I, I don't mean to say this is like flippant. I just know that like the women in your life know when we're all having each other, when we're all having our periods, like because we talk, oh, I've synced up to you. Oh, great. Like, oh, we synced up. Like that was the thing in college. I don't know if you guys remember. Oh, like, yeah. I think that's the coolest thing, by the way. Sync up, you know. Um, but also That's awesome. like the amount of like, and, and it's interesting, like, I think the amount of like emotional honesty that I carry with my girlfriends about how hard a particular menstrual cycle is, like the cramps, the tiredness, the back aches, and that or the heaviness, like, like the amount of 
and I don't mean to like, it's not like a woe is me. I just like, I, I kind of, I think I carry such an awe of this, but there's, um, have y'all seen the, the show Fleabag, by the way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Excellent show. Excellent. Cannot, <laughs> cannot yeah, recommend okay. this show Excellent enough. Show. Excellent, Excellent show. show. Phoebe Waller-Bridges for the win. Um, or no, is that, is that she's a singer? I always confuse myself. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, so I managed to combine two different people. What I meant to say is Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who is uh, a British actress and screenwriter who starred in the BBC sitcom Fleabag. Many of you are also probably familiar with another incredible woman, Phoebe Bridgers, who is an American indie rock musician, singer-songwriter. So yeah, I met Phoebe Waller-Bridge. All right, back to what we were saying. Point is, is um, uh, there's a quote in the show, and Sarah, you're going to maybe remember this line, where it's like, it's not giving anything away if I share this. Um, but she's sitting, this main character, this woman is sitting across from an, like a slightly older woman. And she kind of just turns to her and she says something. I mean, I'm going to butcher what she says, but it's essentially like um, men are terrified of pain. A woman's whole life is pain. Like our whole life is pain. We are, we, this is men. That's why men go to war because they don't feel pain enough. They need to like, like she says it very poetically, but she's like, that's why men go to war. They like seek out pain. They seek out more of it. Whereas women, we are like saddled with it internally, biologically, consistently, you know, regularly, like in a way that I don't, I don't think, (laughs) am I making sense, Sarah? Do you know what I'm talking about? Are you remembering? Yeah, I'm try- I mean, it's interesting because I'm like, I don't remember this so well. <laughs> um, it's been a while, I think, since I've watched this. But uh, that, yeah. that, that is one that stayed with me, not because I think it's like doom and gloom, but I do think it's I, I just am so curious if maybe a piece of why um, so many women go under the radar and so many women don't even, you know, at, like, like recognize anything's going on until menopause. And then even then, how so much is just pushed under the curtain of, oh, it's just hormones. It's just menopause, right? It's normal because nobody even knows what, like, what is menopause? It's called the change. <laughs> like, like there's so little conversation about this. But I do think there's a lot of active conversation that happens among women, if that makes sense. It's just, mm-hmm. it hasn't like crossed into the larger like sphere enough stay tuned for more of this amazing conversation to come and again a huge thank you to sarah and kaylee for joining us thank you so much for listening if you ever have that thought where you think hey i have nothing stop remember you're something something's shiny that's right just as you are if you like what you heard and you want to hear more free episodes of this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're on Instagram as Something Shiny Podcast. And if you're looking for more information, useful links, definitions, visuals, everything we can think of, and more is on our website at somethingshinypodcast.com. And it's all free. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in two weeks. <laughs>